felt like I need to just share a few things of some of the things that the Lord showed me of what to get prepared for this year, uh, things he's calling us to do for the body of Christ, um, things that we got to get ready for as far as trials coming, things of that nature. But uh, main thing is that everything that's going to be coming in it is a manifestation of the Lord. You might want to write that down. Everything that's coming to us as America is a real manifestation of the Lord. And uh, whether we like it or not, America is under judgment. And judgment, we think, is really bad, you know, because, you know, we've been taught judgment's bad. But it's really not. It's actually the love of God. It, it, if he loves, if he's chastising you and judging you and purifying you, that means he loves you. He's not wanting you to go off the cliff, Right. means yes. Yeah. Judging someone is when you start pointing out their flaws and tell them there's what's wrong with them. I can't believe they're doing this. Or you go and, you know, tell everybody else, hey, let's pray for so-and-so and you gossip about them. You know, that kind of stuff, you know, um, that kind of judgment is man's judgment, but God's judgment in it, there's a lot of love. If you look at Jesus that way, the thing about it is we haven't seen Jesus as the judge in a long time. And Jesus, the Lord himself, is coming to our nation as judge, and we need it. We're already there. We've been there for a year, uh, and it's intensifying. It's going to get more intensified. And if you're praying for to have a, a Savior, he's going to be our Savior, not a government or a president. Okay? Uh, we, don't need to, we don't need good government. We need the government of the Lord. If we're leaning on someone, uh, some other government to put everything in order, that means we're really not trusting the Lord's government in ourselves, right? Okay. Last time I started talking about this stuff, I got a bullet hole in my, in my rental car here. Yeah, here. Somebody put a bullet hole when uh, the election was up, and I said, Trump's not getting in. Somebody put a bullet hole in my rental car. So I might get one tonight. Who knows? And it'll be his truck. <laughs> Somebody's going, yes. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. All right. We're just going to go, I'm just going to go down the line. If you want to take out your notes or if you want to open up your Bibles, because I'm going to read scripture and I'm going to go down just uh, in, in a list of some of the things that the Lord has shown me uh, this year that's pretty important for us. Uh, John 17, John 17, I'm going I'm to read out of 15, but he said, this year we must walk in obedience. Obedience is a huge word this year. Obedience to love, obedience to the truth, obedience to patience, obedience to long-suffering, obedience to all the natures of God that is already in you. I just pray that I get, just pray that I have patience. Well, you got the Holy Spirit. So when you need patience, you ask God to help you, right? You can't say, hey, I just need to pray for patience. You've already got it. Say, I've already got it. So there's no excuses. When I go to the Lord, I can't say so-and-so made me like this. You're not going to be able to. As soon as you look at the Lord, you're going to see he gave you everything that's appointed to live a godly life right here on the earth. He gave you the power to overcome the greatest evil. 
He's given us that type of power in this world. And there's no way I'm gonna be able to go to the Lord and say, well, it's because. So this year, don't give your flesh excuses. Say that with me. This year, I'm not giving my flesh excuses. I'm killing it. We're gonna walk in the truth of God by being obedient to his nature instead of our own. And that will bring down the strongholds of self. The more we actually obey the nature of God, the more the strongholds come down in us. Are you with me? That makes sense? Y'all with me? Okay. We, uh, this year we must walk in obedience to the truth that is spoken to us by the Lord, not by the internet. I'm, I'm just going to hit it. Not by the internet. He told me this. Not by the internet, because it's hitting home. Not by social media. Not by your phones. Not by you pulling up good uh, sermons. You can't live by the truth this year by pulling up good stuff on the internet and have a good feeling. Because what we've been doing is actually satisfying our own emotions instead of looking for the Lord ourselves. I'm telling you, that part is killing us. It's destroying the body of Christ. So we've got to make a fast to the world and actually get on the internet with Jesus. We've got to entwine or be one with God. We should bring in the new news, not internet and social media and the news that's coming on right now, besides news and lies right now. Because it's carnal. It's just carnal. The only news we really need to listen to is him. And we should all know what's going on in this world because every one of you have a certain revelation of the Lord and what he is saying. And if everyone would start waking up, we would know what the news is. We really would. And if you don't think that you have it, you've got it. The very least of you are probably more powerful than any preacher or any leader that you've ever seen. Because he gives more grace to the humble and he resists the proud. That's what he did when he came to birth his child, to birth his son. That literal manifestation happened in a manger. We all remember that? He literally gave grace, which is a person, to the humble people. The people in the end didn't even find out about it. It was the people that were in darkness shepherding a bunch of sheep. And they got the visitation of the Lord, and they got to find out where Jesus was. And he was birthed in a humble place. And he will always birth himself in a place that is, has major humility or it's very, very low. Don't look for high places this year. Look for the low places. That's where he's going to be. When you pass a person, let me just dumb it down a little bit. When you pass the lowest person that you've judged, lend them a hand. The person that you've judged for a long time, go help them. The person that stole your knowledge, the person that used you, give them more. Because they're going to need it. 
And the more you do it that way, the more it causes you to come in this place of humility, which gives you more grace from the Lord and more of the wisdom of God will flow through you to help the world. Whoever thought that we could attract God, but if you want to attract God, just follow the truth. It'll keep you in that place of humility. But we've got to be obedient to it. It's very important this year because if you can be obedient to the truth, it will lead you to a visitation face-to-face -face with the Lord. You will literally have your own experience with the Lord. I asked the Lord when he visited me, I said, why me? He goes, you're just dumb enough to see me. Because he is, he, at that point, he destroyed my life and took everything. And now all I had was him. And I can tell you from uh, great, terrible experiences, years later, after major visitations for two years, I became this professional preacher. And I'll never forget, the Lord asked me, he's very kind, he said, could you come up to the mountains? And I was living in South Carolina at the time. He said, could you come up to the mountains? And I said, oh man, yes, hallelujah, you know. <laughs> and I stayed in this cabin up there. I'll never forget, it. I was telling this to a friend of mine the other day, and I was telling it to, I think you, wasn't it? And I was, I was, it was snowing, I had the fire going, nobody was there on this mountain, it was just me. And I was sitting in this, like a lean-to chair, like a lazy boy, and I had my head back. It's about one o'clock at night, and I had some music on, a little low music, trying to, you know, create atmosphere. And you know, and I was basically falling asleep. And uh, my door, the door was locked, uh, and all of a sudden I heard the door go, and the lock, the bolt lock, was turning. And the door unlocked. Then the door, it, was a, it wasn't a, what do you call a doorknob? It was one of those latches that go down. And then the latch went down and then opened the door. I was pooping in my pants. <laughs> and I, I closed my eyes because I was, I was scared. I closed my eyes and I heard these footsteps, you know, it was a hardwood floor, walked up next to me, and I opened my eyes, and I went, yes, Lord, and to see him, and I couldn't see him. And I said, why can't I see you? He said, because you've gotten too carnal. And I said, how have I gotten too carnal? He said, you've gotten too smart. And when he said, I've gotten too smart, I knew exactly what he meant. I'd gotten to a point where I thought I had the revelation of Jesus. I thought I had all this stuff going lined up in my life. I was writing books, you know, doing all kinds of stuff that was spiritual. But I didn't realize it was actually making me carnal because I was doing it in my own strength. I had lost following the truth which is the person of Jesus. And we've really got to get to that place to where we can see again. He wants seers in his church again. Real seers, not seers that are always seeing the underworld. That's not true vision. True vision is actually being able to pick out God in the underworld. To look for the Lord. True seers look for the Lord and they point them to the Lord. 
They don't point out stuff that the enemy's doing. They're pointing out what God's doing so that God can be released to actually take out what the enemy's doing. But we've got to have true seers in the church. Those are real prophetic people. And that's you, believe it or not, because we've come into a place called eyes this year. You might want to write that down. We've come into a realm or place for this year called eyes. We need eyes. We need the eyes of the Lord. And those eyes of the Lord should be totally focused on him. So we'll have to discipline our lives this year to start looking for the Lord in all the wrong places. Because he's going to put you in the places that you think are wrong. But start looking. Because if you'll start looking for the Lord, he will show you where he is. But if you're not seeking him, you will not find him. Same thing. If you're not looking for him, you're not going to see him. I mean, I, 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 I'll never forget, I'll give you a God story. I, I, went, I got invited to a place in Virginia one time, and as soon as I drove into this town, I, I don't know about you, but I mean, I felt the most hard religious spirit that I've felt in a long time. And I was, I was in the restroom, excuse the pun, but I was in the restroom while the music was going on, and I was doing emergency tongues, you know, and you know because I just thought it was all religious, and I and I was asking God, please help me. I I I need a word from you, and and I heard this giggle, and I went, Why are you giggling? He said, Well, I sent you here. I said, Well, what's wrong with this place? He goes. You have the religious spirit. And you can't see me in what you think is a hard place because you actually think what a religious spirit is, which has gotten you into a religious spirit. <laughs> you understand? When I actually thought I knew what discernment was, that's when I actually crossed the line with Jesus. Because true discernment actually leans on the Lord instead of myself instead of my own gifting. And I said, Lord, and, you know, still had a religious spirit. I said, please give me a sign. And all of a sudden, a penny uh, appeared in the toilet. A penny <laughs> appeared in the toilet. And I said, what's all that about? He said, well, I just wanted to show you that you are a sent one. <laughs> and everywhere you go, that's where you're going to be. In the toilet. <laughs> and if you can't see me in the toilet, you're going to miss me. <laughs> and then years later, I, had, I was with Bob Jones at a prophetic roundtable. And uh, I come up out of this dream, man. I'm telling you what. I had this dream of me. I, I went down through the center of the earth all the way to hell. And I was pushing a shopping cart through dead flesh. There was these old burned out buildings and you could barely see, it was very gray, smoky, it smelled like sulfur. And there was these, and you could hear, all I could hear, I couldn't see all of what was there, but I knew it was dead bodies. And I was put, I'd push this cart like this, just really hard, and I couldn't barely see, and, but I'd look and I would see in the dirty old fleshly stuff that was moaning, and I would grab, reach my hand in this slimy flesh, and I'd pull out these jewels. 
And then the jewel, when I threw it in the basket, would become a person. And I'd have to keep pushing and keep pushing. And I was just, I mean, I was so tired. And when I came up out of it, I said, man, that just wore me out. And I went to Bob and I said, Bob, I told him the dream. And he goes, <laughs> I go, what's all that about? <laughs> Your ministry is to do ministry in hell, not heaven. He said, you're going to be able to see the greatest jewel in the greatest darkness. If you will look for jewels and not at the darkness. See, those are true eyes we need. I wasn't being able to see it that way. When I, even pushing the cart was like the struggle of trying to get through. But actually, the struggle was not for me. I was struggling for the people that were actually in bondage. So the labor that I was going through for, was for the people that are in bondage that, that the Lord was about to free. You don't realize you just trying to make it with Jesus is freeing people. Your struggle and your walk with the Lord frees people out of hell. We're all connected. Every one of us. No man lives unto himself, the Bible says. What happens to me happens to you. Some of the reasons why things are delayed is because someone else is not filling the slot they're supposed to be filled in. I'm telling you. God had to wait for Moses 40 years or more just to get his, wait until he get his heart right to send him to Pharaoh. That means everybody that was in bondage had to wait for 40, over 40 years just waiting for a guy to get in order so that they could get delivered. That would have really ticked me off if I was sitting there knowing I was waiting on Moses. Your place in the kingdom is very important. Why do you get tempted? Why, do you try, why does the enemy try to spin you out? Because that you're important to the literal family of the Lord. You spin out somebody else you're pulling with you. And if they're not spiritual enough, they'll spin out as well. I've, I've woken up sometimes with depression, and I'm like, and the first thing, because I've understood this now without going down that, you know, selfish mode of depression, I'll go, oh, gosh, who is it? And the Lord will give me a vision of who's actually going down that's connected with me, and I'll call him up. This one happened to have a gun to his head, and he was a pastor, and he was about to just literally blow his brains out. So if he blows his brains out, it's going. So I call him up and I go, put the gun down. You don't need to kill yourself. The only reason you're trying to kill yourself is because the enemy knows you're important to the kingdom of God. And I started explaining. He started just weeping. And it took him to a whole new level with the Lord. But when he went, when he went to the level, guess who got to go up with him? Do you understand? You're very important to the kingdom of God this year. And you've got to look at yourself that way. 
A lot of the things that you're gonna see, a lot of the things, trials you're gonna be going through this year is not for you, it's for someone else. Write it down. It's not for me, it's for someone else. You're gonna be laboring for someone else, just like Paul used to labor for the church. The trials you will go through will be for someone else. It will be for his bride. So that causes our focus not to be on us. It causes our focus to be on what God is doing in your life for his body. Does that make sense? We must become more addicted to the voice of truth than our own desires this year. I touched on a little bit on that this morning. We must be addicted to the voice of truth than our own desires this year. You're gonna need it. You might wanna write it down. You gotta get addicted to more of truth. And I'm not talking about Bible, just Bible truth, you know, and religious truth. I'm talking about things you know you need to do and you haven't do, done them because you love yourself more than truth. Oh, gosh. Because, see, if we loved ourselves, we wouldn't do the things that we desire. Oh, come on. Because the things that you lust for and you desire are just it's selfish feelings, which only leads you to death. So really, if you really loved yourself, you'd feed yourself spinach instead of ice cream. You would feed just, or and, and you'd have to go on a Christmas cookie fast. <laughs> if I really love myself, I'm going to give myself something that I know that's going to make me healthy. Even though my desires is to do what I want, I can't do that anymore because I know that leads to really hating me. Even though I love that, it leads to death. So if I really love myself, I'm going to walk in the truth and I'm going to give myself healthy things from the Lord and I'm going to walk in them even though I hate spinach. That's truly loving yourself. It requires discipline of your spirit with the Lord. That's really loving yourself. A lot of us this year will, a lot, you're gonna see this, a lot of people, I'm seeing it already, are gonna get, going get free of soulish addictions, emotional addictions, physical addictions, all of that because they're gonna see that walking in truth, hearing truth actually truly sets them free. They don't need to wait on a moment, they need to actually walk in the truth. Waiting on a moment is selfish. Actually walking in the truth is totally loving yourself. But if I'm waiting on a moment to fulfill what I want, it's never going to happen. Or you will get what you want and it will destroy your life. How many of y'all eat ice cream at night sometimes? Don't raise your hand. Oh, uh, Bill, yeah. <laughs> but you have to... <laughs> You have to deal with that later. You literally do. I know I'm not supposed to eat this, but, but we do that in the spirit because our flesh has been 
taught to be so strong that our, our spirit has gotten weak. It's our spirit that's got to get strong again. And our head has got to get weak. Does that make sense? So if you re- and if you really love someone, you're going to feed them spinach and not pet them. I'm digging in your stuff. Do you understand? You're going to pray, what kind of truth do I need to help them with? What, what can I give them that I will cause them to stop looking at themselves and focus back on you? Will you take a hit for it? Absolutely. But you're actually getting to feel the sufferings of the Lord. And it takes you a new, whole new level. A whole new level. That makes sense? Doesn't that sound fun? Sanctification is beginning this year. I said it last year, but I said last year that a lot of things are going to start being exposed, and and we've seen that. We've seen things being exposed, and we've even we're we're seeing it in the church. We're seeing all kinds of stuff come to the light. But a lot of times, because well, the way we've been trained, when things come to the light, we go, oh my God, and we you know I knew that was in you know. Instead of really going, thank you, Lord, for loving that person. How can I be a part? How can I pray of of the love of God for this person? Because you're actually saving them. It's different. When the the judgment comes, God doesn't expose things so everybody can jump on a bandwagon and just smoke that person or write articles. And try to be so spiritual. I knew it and I was prophetic, you know, back in. That's the love of the Lord. You'd like to write an article of the revelation of the love of the Lord for that person that's being exposed. Boy, that would really get you some good likes on Facebook, wouldn't it? You'd get thumbs down. Do you get, do you get what I'm saying? You're going to hear a lot of prophecies on things to come, but no explanation of actually it being the Lord. It's going to create fear. So if it doesn't explain you explain the Lord in it, put it in the trash. True prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. If there's no Jesus in it and it's just bringing tactics of fear or trying to prepare Without the revelation of Jesus, you can forget it. If you try to prepare without knowing what God's doing, you're going to lose everything you got that you prepared with. Everybody has to hear Jesus. Do you understand? Man, I can't say this more enough. Truth is... Is going to expose everything you've got hidden this year. Let it expose it now between you and him. Because if it if you don't, it's going to manifest totally in public. I'm just telling I'm not, I'm the messenger. I'm just telling you. If you don't deal with what you're dealing with in hiding, it's going to come out this year. 
So you and the Lord kind of get close. <laughs> I've had people saying, man, I've been asking him to deliver me. Some have gotten dreams, and he's met them in dreams, and he's delivered them. Them and the Lord has been, have actually had encounters with each other in dreams, and they wake up delivered, and they're like, I'm glad we got free of that one. But this year, let truth dig all the way in. Let him dig all the way in, and it'll just be you and him in the secret place. You don't want it exposed in the public. It's kind of hard because public likes to just jump on it, you know. It's tough. You really got to hang on the Lord when that happens because that's happened to me where everything was exposed in the light. And I asked him, why does this happen to have, why does this happen to be in public? I mean, can't we just, and he goes, because you sowed it in public. So now you have to reap it, reap it publicly. You don't want to go through that. All, it was almost like I had to hang on to his, his, his robe and he just drugged me. Because that's all I could do is just hang on to the Lord. Because everybody was just, you know, hammering me. But I knew I, that was even good for me. I just had to hang on to the Lord. But I just, I, I would just advise you, you don't want that one. You want actually just walking with the Lord, let him go to the Lord and say, purify me with hyssop. Just wash me. Let's get this thing done. Help me to walk in the real truth and we'll start this thing off this year right now. Reset. Okay? But this year also, know when things start getting exposed, whether it be your friends or whether it be your family, whether it be our government, all of that stuff, no, it's the love of Jesus for our country. It's the love of Jesus for your friend. It's not because he hates them. The greater the judgment that's on that person, you'll actually see, my goodness, God really loves them. So I need to be the manifestation of that love and stand for the truth for that person. That makes sense? John 17, verse 15. I do not pray that you should take them out of this world. I wish you wouldn't have never said that. He's actually saying, keep them in all this dark stuff. I don't, I don't pray. I don't pray to take you, they should take, uh, should take them out of the world, but that you what? Should keep them from the evil one. <laughs> The evil one is the arrangement of thinking that the world has pressed on us. That we no longer walk in that type of mentality, but we walk with Christ. This makes sense? They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Now watch this. Sanctify them by your truth. He didn't say by an experience. We're fading from experiential to Jesus. I said it this morning. We're going from emotions back to truth. It's going to be wonderful, guys. It's going to be the most beautiful time of our lives if we just get on board with it. Let's read it. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Say that with me. Your word. Whose word? His word. 
His word is truth. Who is the word? That's right. As you sent me into this world, into the world, I also have sent them into the toilet. Right? And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth. So we know if we fall in love with the truth that's really in us and we start walking in it, it's gonna start sanctifying you back to where you can have the true eyes of the Lord, the true understanding of life. Your desires will change. Your desires will change of wanting comfort to actually having the Lord. You'd rather have the Lord's walk than comfort. Oh, this is a good one. Then he took me, he, he told me to get in this balloon. I was sitting there and all of a sudden this big red balloon came down. And I went, what's all this? And he said, get in. And so we got into this balloon. And when I got in the balloon, we weren't going anywhere. I said, okay, well, what's the deal? He said, we're not going anywhere because there's weights on it. And I looked and there were, there was these weights hanging over it but the weights were my stronghold. The weights were my own desires. There were my own desires here, my own impatience over here. And I turned over here and I, I went, oh, I'm not gonna say that one. That one's, that one's so bad, even Jesus don't even wanna talk about it. <laughs> and I had all these little weights that were around that I thought wasn't important because it you know, got grace. No, the grace is to get rid of the weights so that the balloon can go up so I can get to a higher place. So I looked over here and I saw impatience and I said, I, 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 I don't know how to be patient in certain areas. You know that. He goes, I know that, son, but I'm patience. You're trying to be patience without focusing on me. So it actually creates works and you've built a stronghold in your life. And if, if you're trying to be patient without me, it creates strongholds and frustration. Won't you let that one go? And so I'd, I'd untied it and I let it go. And the balloon just kind of, you know, just a little bit. And then the more I untied things, the more of those heavy weights got off that balloon, the higher we would start ascending. You've got to take off every heavy weight that's actually weighed you down in life. And here's the word. Simplify your life this year and love slowly. Walk slowly this year. Do things slowly. Because busyness causes you to actually miss the Lord. Simplify, sanctify, live slowly this year. A lot of us even walk fast. I'm, I'm, being, I'm just being real with you. Slow down your pace in life. Because what's coming, if you're still busy, it's gonna create panic attacks. You've got to learn to rest with God and know that he has it under control instead of you having it under control. I mean, I mean control freaks in here. I'm raising my hand with you. 
We want things done fast, McDonald's style. Just go through the drive-thru, right? I'd like this, God, and, you know, slam it on me. And get out of there and let's go. Go slow. Tell your neighbor, go slow. If your neighbor starts growing a horn, cut it off for them. We'll keep walking. <laughs> it's time to take off everything that has weighed us down from the Lord's walk. Let me read it again. It's time to take, take off everything that has weighed us down from Christ's walk. It's time to walk in his ways within our life. Not to be good Christians and act it out. I'm talking really get down and dirty inside. Are you really letting him walk in you? Are there tributaries in your city that you won't let him go in? Are there inroads, little roads that you know that you kind of like that you won't let him in? You won't let him walk. You got to let him walk them. Let him walk them. Let truth walk in there. It'll set us free. And it's not the big things this year. He's wanting your little things that you've kind of just thought it's not that big of a deal because the little things are the things that are actually killing the body of Christ. It's the little foxes that spoil our vine. I don't know if you've ever studied that, but when a fox gets into a vineyard, <laughs> He can kill that sucker pretty quick. And the way he does it, he'll get under a grape and he'll start sucking the, the, the juice out of a grape. Just sit there and suck on the end of it and start taking all the substance out of those things. And if you let it and you say, oh, it's just a little grape, that's no big deal. We can, that fox ain't gonna do nothing. Before you know it, you let that little fox run around in your vineyard, you're gonna be one shriveled up person in your life. So you better take care of the little things in your life, not the big things. Because if you take care of the little things, the big things are coming down. Because the little things that are propping the big stuff up. I'm telling you, little stuff. There's just been little things that he's told me, okay, you can't do this anymore. And, and man, when he said that, I was like, what? That's not a big deal. And then he showed me what I was, it was propping up in my life, and I go, that's a big deal. <laughs> right? right. <laughs> it's time to take off everything that has weighed us down from Christ or walking in his ways within our lives, especially how we walk with others as well. How you walk with others, it's got to change. No more boundaries. What about the boundary book? I don't care about no boundary book. I'm, caring, I'm talking about the Bible. If you got a boundary, tell the truth. Most of the time, we don't even tell the truth when we put up boundaries. Well, why are you doing that to me? I just had to set a boundary. And you don't even tell them. Uh, that's just one. Why don't you just tell them? 
Because if you don't, if you love them, you'd tell them the truth. When you're doing this, it's hurting my spirit. Is there any way we can work on changing it? And we walk this thing out together. Now, they might get offended at you, but at least you're not putting up some kind of boundary. They don't even have a clue why you're rejecting them. This year, we've got to walk in the truth. So if you've got a problem with me, come and tell me because I'd love you more by telling me. I would much rather someone tell me the truth, even if they're upset. At least they're telling me what they're actually feeling inside. I can work with that. I can't work with going, oh, bless you, hallelujah, honey. <laughs> Sorry, son. <laughs> right? Church has got to be a mess. It can't be a stagnant hospital. It can't be sterile. It's got to be a mess. But if we can actually fall in love with the truth, we will want to tell people the truth because we know what truth does for us and we know what it would do for our partner. We'll know what it does for our friends and we won't be telling the truth through accusation. We will actually tell the truth because we want to be free with one another. I used to use this. Well, I'm just telling you the truth. Right? Y'all ever done that? I'm just telling you my feelings. And you use that statement so you can hurt the person. The first thing we've got to do is go, I'm about to manifest and use something that's wrong. So excuse me while I'm about to manifest. Help me get delivered. <laughs> and if you actually are just honest with your... Oh, I'm telling you, if you're just honest in front of your friend or your partner, instantly you're both free because your partner can't stand you anyway. <laughs> right? Then there's no schisms in the body. There's nothing hidden under the carpet. Why? Because we're not hidden anymore. We're not going over there to self-help books and putting leaves on us to try to cover us up and make us look like Christians. We're just totally open. We take all the leaves off. No matter that involved with knowledge and stuff, we're just involved in following the truth, Jesus Christ, and we're totally open with each other. And we no, we'll no longer blame anybody for the way that we are because we'll start hearing the Lord. And you forget about yourself. And your partner or your friend or the body of Christ will be more important than your calling. The bride was more important to Jesus than his own calling. Do y'all realize that? And so he gave himself to her or to us over his own throne. Because he loved us so much. He didn't do it because he had to. He wanted to. Can you imagine having that desire for each other? God, that in itself would destroy Satan in this world. That kind of love. It'd destroy him. The mind wouldn't even know what to do. Hebrews 12, 
I'll give you, pull it up. Hebrews 12, verse 1. As I started taking these things up off the balloon, and me and the Lord started going up, every time I took off one, I'd laugh, and then he'd laugh. And I go, why are you laughing? He goes, I'm just so joyful because you're even giving me glory as you're taking things off. I go, what do you mean? He goes, oh, you're connected to me and I'm connected to you. So whatever you do affects me. Uh-oh. <laughs> He's not up there going, I'm God. <laughs> we affect heaven how you live here on the earth. So as I was put, taking things off of this son, he was going into glories that he had been waiting on. <laughs> I never thought I could affect Jesus's life, but we can because he's your brother. You are connected to him and he's connected to you. He's not up there like I'm some glowing God. He loves you. He still feels you. He feels everything that you're going through. Why? Because you're connected to him. And when you go into glories that he's given you to, guess what? He gets to go further. And him and his father rejoice. Everybody gets to rejoice. You know why? Because heaven starts going to a whole different level. Because the son of God and the body of Christ are going. You're not just affecting the people down here. <laughs> You're affecting, affecting folks there. Because the earth and heaven is, it's not disconnected. Y'all do know that. Heaven's right here. I mean, if you saw what was in this room right now, you, you'd probably, you know, you'd have to go to the bathroom. That's why I have to be careful even what I say. Because the things that I say affects not just you. It affects the things that go on in the realms of the heavens. So I have to watch my mouth. I have to watch my spirit and how I walk, how I actually portray Christ and walk in the spirit because it's not just affecting you. It's affecting the things he's put me in in the kingdom of heaven. We'll train angels. He says we'll even judge them. Man, we better get our act straight. You might look at an angel and go, man, that's such a beautiful angel right there, and it's, it's one of them fallen ones. <laughs> We've got to really get close with the Lord, walk with him, and be sons and daughters of God. And we've got to let these weights off of our life so that we can send to a new place with him. Because he wants to ascend with you. That's why he's walking with you right where you are. He's not going to disconnect and say, well, you're not here. You know. No, he's going to walk with you, and he's going to enjoy life with you. He's going to help you get those things off of you so that you and him can walk into these places that he actually made for you in a place called heaven. The Spirit. It's bigger than you. 
It really is. It's bigger than us. You okay? Y'all got just quiet there for a minute. Let me know you're alive. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Look at Hebrews 12, verse 1. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great of a cloud of witnesses, so let us lay aside, what? Every weight and the sin which easily ensnares us. That was the ropes I was having to unravel. As I was unraveling, it, the, the strongholds and the weights that were on there was actually creating little sins that was actually tying me up. <sighs> okay. Uh, and it says, so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. Might want to highlight that. Endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. See, when truth starts coming in your life, I can, I'm just going to be honest, when truth really starts digging down in your life and you start walking it out, the first thing it starts setting you free from is all the shame that you've actually been entertaining in your life by actually entertaining your stronghold and your sin. But as you get free and shame starts coming up, it's not, it, it, the enemy would like for you to think, man, I'm, I'm under condemnation, I'm feeling bad about myself. No, that's actually a sign that you're getting delivered. Pray for me, I got shame. No, you're getting delivered because the shame that you've been carrying through your strongholds is coming up and out of you. It's all rising to the top and God's just gonna scrape it off. So go ahead and rejoice because that, that's true freedom. Do you get what I'm saying? Okay, next one. It's time to stop doing what we desire and walk out his desires. If you weren't here this morning, I spoke a little bit about that. But it's in Galatians 5. I hate this one, but I love this one. My spirit loves this one, but my flesh hates it. Yeah. I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of what? I like to say it for me, I say the lust of my own emotions. Well, I'd like to have a hamburger. And the Lord says, you're eating a carrot. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? That sounds very easy, you know, easy, but and it's that simple. I'm telling you, it is that simple. No more Whataburgers. No, I'm not saying that here. I'm just... You know. I'm just saying, we got to start eating what's healthy for our own lives, for our own spirit. And then it says, for the flesh lust against, you could say, for your own emotions lust against the spirit or the truth. And the spirit lust against the what? The flesh. And these are what? What's it say? Contrary. Say contrary. Contrary. 
So you're not going to like it when truth starts telling you what to do. Because it's contrary. The winds will start blowing in your sea. You're not going to like it. But if you're not liking it, that means you're on the right path. I'm telling you. I'm doing stuff. I, I mean, I manifested with David. I'm doing stuff I don't want to do. I told you this morning I don't like walking with him because my old man likes me. It don't like God. It wants to do what it wants to do. It wants to be a hunter. It wants to be a guide. And it wants to be either living in Colorado or doing something and, and leading people to all these wonderful places and guiding and hunting and doing all this wonderful stuff. Because that's just me. You know, that's my passion. Well, God ain't worried about my passion. He's worried about his will in my life that will save my life. Because my passion will die and I'll be in hell. I can't carry my passion to the Lord. I can't walk to the throne and go, well, I just feel like I'm called to do this. So I might as well get used to doing it here. So when I walk into heaven, I go, well, let's keep doing it. Let's just keep walking. I fed myself carrots, not Whataburger. You get it? For well, the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another. Watch this. You might want to highlight it. So that you do not do the things you wish or want. Depends on the translation. Wish or want. I like the want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not. Oh, that's the other one that he put with it. Psalms 23. All your wants are about to leave. And if you don't, if you if you fight to have your wants, he's gonna fight them. He's gonna take them all away anyway. So you might as well just let it go. Well, I want. Too bad. He's gonna save our life this year by taking them away if we don't give them to him. Because want is a selfish thing. It's a. It, it causes you to totally just. Everything's about your world. And if it doesn't go your way, we get upset and leave and bow out and do all kinds of stuff and blame it on the Lord or blame it on the Lord or blame it on somebody, you know, because we didn't get our way. Entitlement is out. You don't have entitlement in the kingdom. You do it his way or the highway. That's it. But it's going to be the most wonderful walk if we just put it down. Isn't this a great message? But if, you, but if you are led by the Spirit, or let's just put truth there. But it says, but if you're led by the Spirit, you are not under the law or works. You could say works, say works. In other words, if you're led by the Spirit, you'll find out you can't do it. You stop working through your selfish desires and you start partnering with the Spirit. I don't work for God, I walk with him. And if I'm going to work with him, I'm gonna, if I'm going to work for him, I've got to lose that and work with him. I'm not doing anything for the kingdom. The kingdom's his. I'm going to partner with the king so that the kingdom can come. 
You get what I'm saying? It's just a, a slight change there in your mentality. Then it says, but if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. <laughs> they sure are. Everybody knows these. Adultery. First thing you think about is cheating on somebody. No, adultery is actually doing your own thing other than him. That's the worst cheating you can do. Love yourself more than the Lord. In other words, love your own passions more than the Lord. Because you, you find yourself sleeping with the enemy than, you, than sleeping with the Lord and having intimacy with him. He'd, <laughs> listen, these are spiritual aspects. They're not just physical. These, these are things in the mind. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, tensions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries. And then he runs out and says, and the like. He could have said, etc. Because <laughs> I got a lot more he, than he didn't mention, Right? of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice, you might want to highlight that, practice such things do not inherit righteousness, peace, and joy. He says the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in, say in, the Holy Spirit. So if I can go to the foundation of being led by the Spirit, those things follow me. Those are real spirits. So they will want to follow my life. I will lead them as I'm walking with Christ. <laughs> Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Can you imagine the spirit of mercy and goodness, having to follow you because you're following the big guy. They're submitting to your life because they can't differentiate between your life and the Lord because they see only the Lord. So they're following him, which is you in him and him in you. And then wherever you go, you extend it to everyone you come in contact with. Because now that you're just you're just possessed by it, you no longer can judge between good and evil. You just give them God. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness. Do you realize when you just start walking in this stuff with the leaning by the truth, the spirit of truth? that God said he would bring to us, Jesus said he would release it to us, you realize that if you just start actually obeying the truth, this stuff starts welling up in you supernaturally. You don't have to conjure it. You don't have to get in a worship set. And you don't have to, you know, you don't have to do all that. All you gotta do is just start walking in real truth that you already know what to do. Truth is in you, I'm telling you but it will destroy every desire that says, oh, I won't, I won't, I won't. But eventually that will switch and your desire will be for the Holy One. She'll be a glorious bride. 
Oh, here's another one. You ready? This year, I touched on it this morning, we are to walk in his calling, not ours. What does that mean? That means you gotta find out what he's doing, where he's going, and then follow that. I always thought I gotta find my calling, but I've gotta find his calling, because I really don't know what he's doing. So I gotta find out what he's really called to in my life, what he is called to in my life, and then I follow him in it. You ever thought about that? No. And neither did I. Let's read it. Ephesians 1. This is Paul. Of all people, Paul ought to know all about it. Right? I mean, brainiac. Scholar. Ephesians 1, verse 15. Therefore, I also, uh, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for the saint, do not cease to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of... Somebody tricked us. Why we're losing hope. It's a trick when you start looking. I'm telling you, it's a trick. I know this is offensive, but if you start looking for your calling, it sounds cool and it sounds very wise and it sounds very spiritual. But I'm telling you, it's just a trap to get you focused on yourself and get out of the way of the Lord. Just distance yourself from Him. And the enemy will feed you all kind of spiritual stuff. He'll even let your gifts go so that you can still focus on you. And you'll still be miserable. How many of y'all found your calling, your calling, and you're still miserable? You feel like there's, come on, you feel like there's, there's, there's still a gap somewhere, and you're still searching what your spirit is really yelling out, I want to get back to Jesus. I want to find out what he's doing, and then I'll follow what he's doing. I used to pray that my will be done instead of his will be done. And then I go, Lord, I wish, wish you, I just asked today that you'd change so and so. And I asked that you just opened up the doors of heaven for me and just release a blessing. And, I do, and he, one day he just said, Shut up. Shut up. I go, What's wrong? And he goes, You're so carnal. Why don't you ask what I'm doing? Oh, what are you doing? And then all I said was, what are you doing? And he showed me all these things that he's wanting to do in my life, but I have to partner with what he wants to do instead of what I want to do. <laughs> Ugh. Horn grows, throw up. I don't, I'd like to get out of the ministry. I've tried it for years. 
I'm being serious with you. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I mean, I'm being serious. I don't like it. Because it's God. And my flesh don't like God. My flesh wants to do its own God. And then put God in it and he can be a part of it. That's not Christian. I've got to do something that I don't desire. I have to do something that he desires. And then if I start cupping with him and putting myself in the place and be obedient, even though my flesh is and getting mad and kicking and bucking, I've kicked and bucked the whole way and he still knows. He understands. You know why? Because he's the high priest. He can sympathize with that. So he's not worried about it. I used to go, deliver me, because all that's working for you. Come on, keep going. <laughs> I mean, I even wanted deliverance, and he wouldn't let me get delivered because that was really me trying to feel good. No, all that's working for you. Pick up your cross. Oh, gosh, I hate that statement. In other words, pick up everything that you want to get delivered of and follow me. Did I just say that? <laughs> That's your cross. Everybody goes, get me off. And he goes, no. Pick it up and let's go. Well, I've got a Jezebel. Bring the Jezebel and let's go. <laughs> we want to get we want to knock it off, do all kinds of shaka shaka baka. And we don't realize that's working for them. And we forget, pick up your cross and follow me. And we, we, we say, pick up your cross and follow Jesus. We don't have a clue what that means. I've had people go, you need to pray for him. He needs to deliver us. They tell me all water's going through and I start laughing. <laughs> they go, it's not funny. And lay hands on me. I go, I'm going to lay hands on you. <laughs> What do you, what, what's the deal? I go, that's good for you, man. Let's keep going. You're not going to deliver me? No, that's your cross. Pick it up and let's go. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to betray you. I go, good. Bring your betrayal. Let's go. Because as you're dragging that stuff with the Lord, it starts falling off. Oh, gosh. Help me, Lord. I just ruined some doctrines, didn't I? Good. <laughs> that you may know the, what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of Brad's glory. No. The riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. His inheritance not ours, his inheritance in them. So that means I can no longer look for me and what I want, and I have to look at the wonderful stuff that's inside of you. I can no longer scan you with my prophetic gift and say, well, that's evil, and that's, you know, that's the Lord. I have to really see the inheritance of the Lord in the most darkest places. 
because he hides his treasures, his treasures in earthen vessels, not clean ones. Not clean ones. Sometimes I've missed the visitation when God, I ask God to show up in my life. And he brings me the most sorry sucker in my life. And it's the visitation of the Lord. And I'm wanting to deliver the Lord. Because it comes in a package that's dirty. It comes in an earthen vessel. And I'm so used to cleaning you up before you follow, because that's the ministry, right? Instead of just being your friend and actually see the inheritance that God's put in you. I'm the guy, listen, I'm the stepchild to deliverance. I am the one that's actually have walked through this, and I'm still walking it out. Because my carnal mind, and I like it, I may act stupid, but I'm telling you, I'm pretty smart. I'm too smart for myself. And every now and then, I like to taste some of the old stuff that I used to teach 30 years ago. Because it leads me to feeling good or massaging me. I can't get away with it no more. It's either his way or my way. My way will be broad. His way will be narrow like that. It will shrink you. What are the riches of his of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of... Look at that. Everything's about him. His mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he... In other words, he had to walk this first. If he called us, if he says, deny yourself and follow me, or pick up your cross and follow me, he's not telling them it's like he's a robot. He's actually doing it. He had to deny a wonderful life, supposedly, and literally start walking toward the Spirit and partnering with him. And then he could turn and go, guys, it's not what you think. Deny everything that you've planned about yourself and follow me. And when he would say it to you, you would go, that's the truth because you know that man is actually walking it. You can see the pain, but you can see the love that he is getting through it. If there's anybody that carried the heaviest cross would be Jesus. It wasn't just when he drugged that sucker to Golgotha. Imagine carrying the weight of the world and him dragging that thing around. Overcoming each day every thought that would rise up to try to tempt him away from following the Spirit. And you say, God, 
Mm-mm. I'm following you. Mm-mm. I shall not want. Another one for this year. Be holy as he is holy. Meaning walk according to the spirit instead of our own ways. That's another one that we're tied into. It's 1 Peter 1 through 13, uh, chapter 1, 13 through 19. 1 Peter chapter 1, 13 through 19. It says, therefore, gird up your loins of your mind and be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you in the revelation of Jesus Christ. Jesus is wanting to give you a revelation of who he is this year. But we gotta take everything away that's causing us to get drunk. Drunk doesn't mean drinking, even though it could be, but drunk means it's selfish. I used to come in, I'll never, just a side note, but I came in one time, you know, really distraught. I call it distraught. <laughs> Bob called it selfish. But I was really distraught, and I, I come walking in, you know. Hey, man. He goes, hey, you drunk, aren't you? I go, I, ain't been, I don't drink. I ain't been drinking, man. What's, what's your problem? You, you, got, you, you got something against me? <laughs> You've been just popping the top, ain't you? You just drunk. I go, what does that mean? You drunk on yourself. Now go back outside and just flush that out before you come in my door. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Get sober. Get sober. Stop thinking about you. Let God speak to you, and then you won't ever want to hear you again. You really won't. You'll get so addicted to the Lord, it's unreal. And your eyes will be open. You won't be drunk anymore, wandering this world. That's why Peter's saying, he said, be sober and rest fully your hope, your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former, what? Lust or ways. Wow. That's the thing that actually makes me drunk. How many of you guys this year have had like, uh, this world calls it like crisis, like a, what do you call that when you get older? You, uh, Midlife crisis where you really like to do the, you know, the wild things and, you know, you'd like to kind of get away with some stuff, you know, you know, I could do this, it'd be all right. No, all that comes because the Lord is taking us into a place of truth that he's, where it's about to reveal who Jesus is in your life. So we're getting the opposite by the enemy, but if you're getting that, that means there's a doorway in your life where God is wanting to show himself to you. You might be looking at your wife or your husband going, I could really trade in right now for a new car. <laughs> I'm just being real with you. It's happening. It's because he's wanting to bring us in. And the enemy's trying to distract us with our own lust. 
Let me skip some some because it's uh, let's see what it's all the time. I want to give you this one. Turn to John 15. John 15, verse 1. Is this help? Is this helping? Listen, he's spanking me just as much as he's spanking, I mean. I've got red marks across my rear end from all kinds of stuff with the Lord doing to me. But I love it. I'm like, spank me some more. Because I'm serious. Because, listen, listen. <laughs> that sounded really bad, but that's okay. And this is actually being streamed. You're going to edit that one. If you don't love the rod, you'll love hate. You will. If you don't discipline your children, if he doesn't discipline your children, that doesn't, it means you don't love them, and they'll end up, you'll create hate because they get so selfish. You hold the rod back, and you're going to create hate. You just are. Child ends up being the ruler, his own ruler within himself, and then he rules the house, and you know, that's the way, I, I, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be one of those kids. So I just say, keep going, Lord. Even if, I, even if I argue and complain, keep going. I know my spirit needs it, but I don't like it, but just keep going. I am the vine, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the, wow, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Can you imagine hearing that? I cleaned you up and you didn't even know it. By you following to me and obeying my path and wherever I went, cleaned you up without you knowing. It delivered you from having to clean up yourself. And now I'm going to tell you, I've cleaned you up because you believed in what I said as we walked together. Can you imagine hearing that? Because they're living under not just Roman government. They're living under religious hard government that actually brings condemnation. We have to do works. And now the Lord's saying, oh, you're clean now because of the things that I've spoken to you. I would have cried my eyes out. Every time God speaks to you, it cleans you. 
I'm talking, let's say one of you may be, deli- may be having a certain stronghold that you've prayed for, you've tried to get delivered, you've done all this stuff. When you just obey one time what he says, it delivers you that stronghold and you don't even know about it. And you, do, and you forget about all the ministry you went through and you forget about that stronghold because the stronghold's not there anymore. Because he likes to do it without you knowing because if he did it going, hey, I did this, it would put you back on yourself. Right? It would. It put you back on yourself and you go, oh, God, am I, you sure? So every time he shares with you truth, every time you walk with him in truth, it's cleansing you, and you don't have to know what you're being cleansed of. The only thing you have to know is the guy that's speaking to you. And if you start knowing him more than yourself, you leave yourself in all them strongholds, and you walk right out of that castle that's been holding you back. That's how powerful the word of God is. That's how powerful the voice of the Lord is. It's foolishness to believe that. It can't be that easy. That's the problem. He makes it so easy that our minds actually make it hard. Because we think it's got to come through some kind of working thing. You've got to experience it. You've got to do, you know, all the stuff that's got to confirm to you. If we could just believe in his word and what he tells you, it will cleanse you. I had somebody tell me, and I'm gonna quit right here. I had somebody not too long ago, they, they were digging a well. They were digging this well and they, they couldn't find water, right? They just couldn't find water. They, they sent every, every professional out there, they were doing all this test and they've dug so many feet deep, 600 feet deep, 1,000 feet deep, whatever it may be, and they just couldn't find, you know, water in the middle of this deserted place. And, and the Lord spoke to someone in this thing and said, well, he said, well, what do we do, Lord? And he said, well, just throw your net on the other side. In other words, just keep going. Just now listen to me and just throw your net over. Do it again. But when he said throw your net on the other side, they knew exactly what he meant, but they said, but, you know, throwing your net on the other side, you know, that's fishing, you know, or whatever. And, you know, we've already done the test and, you know, there's really no water there. So they leave the village and there's nobody digs for water anymore. But if they would have listened to the Lord's voice and they throw their net on the other side, in other words, do it when he says it, then water hits and then, you know. Because the God, God and his word is like water. And when he says it, it creates. So whether there's water there and scientists say there's no water, there's gonna be water because man may say there's no water and the machines may say there's no water. But when God says do it, then there's water. But we've gotten so smart and scientific that we've lost the foolishness of God, which is the wisdom of heaven. And it would create the greatest well in you 
even when you think you're dry. Just do it when the Lord says, and then you'll catch fish. Your well will come up. Water will spring forth. The word that he speaks, it will create a fountain within your belly, even when you're in a dry and desert place. The word of God is so important this year. For every one of us, not to get churchy, but it's got to be our life. It saves us, it cleanses us, and it could save the very people, the very people that he has set you, set you with in that toilet. There's a dry and thirsty land out there that needs really good wells, and that's us. That's you and I. And they don't think there's no fresh water anymore. Y'all know that? It, a lot of people don't even believe in the Lord. But it's time to hear his voice for ourselves. It's time for the truth. Let's ascend. Let's take off every heavy weight. And let's ascend with God this year. This makes sense. Let's stand. Y'all want to start tonight? You want to get in the balloon? And let's. And you want to start tonight? Every man knows his own spirit. And as I pray, I just want you to, just like I did, I had to partner with the Lord. He said, get in this balloon. I had to partner with him first. Then he started showing me the weights. And I'm going to ask him to partner with you. And you ask him, can I partner with you again? Get in the balloon with him. Let him reveal some of the weights that have been weighing you down in life from actually having a great life with him here on the earth. He wants you to have a great life. A supernatural life where your conscience is clean. Do you understand? Lord, I just, I pray this stupid prayer. We're all getting in the balloon with you. We want in. And Lord, I ask right now that you show each individual in this place every heavy weight that's just weighed them down, that has easily ensnared them, that has kept them from going up. And it was so easy. All I had to do is just untie that thing because you just showed it to me. And when you show it to me, there's grace, there's peace. And all I do is just let it go. But it has to be done with you. So I ask right now the spirit of truth that would come in. I ask right now, Lord, the spirit of truth would come in and reveal Jesus in our life. And show us those heavy weights 
That's keeping us down. That's keeping us from our joy, our trust. Maybe fears. Maybe betrayals. Whatever it may be, Lord. Help us to cut it. And Lord, thank you for being so patient and just <laughs> sitting there in the basket with us, waiting on us. Thank you for being so patient. Let your church this year ascend to a new level with the Lord. Every individual. This is your time to shine, Lord, in us. This is your year. Let all these balloons in here go up this year. Let everyone go up with you this year. And let everyone have such a passion to tell everyone what's been going on with Jesus in their lives. Mm. Break every snare that's entangled us, that's kept us from you. Drive out every little fox that's gotten in our vineyard. Please, Lord. Jealousy, envy, old things that we've held on to. Release it so that you can see the new. Mm. And let truth break out again and let deliverance come to your bride so that she can get her smile back. Give them a new heart, a true heart, your heart, a heart of flesh, a stumping your will, your blood, your power, and your life. We ask that, Lord, even going into this new year, we just ask truth to reign. Reign in us and reign in the United States. Let truth reveal the Lord this year. Let it be done, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you guys.